be the one to praise yourself and limit that negative critical self-talk. Hello and welcome to Conversations in Confidence, a podcast by It Cosmetics UK. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, the UK and Ireland brand ambassador, and each week I'm going to talk to some of our friends from the industry about their own confidence journey. Today, joining me down the line is Kumba Dowda. Kumba is the founder of Wholehearted Social. She's the award-winning blogger behind Kumba XO, and she's the contributing author of the brand new She Is Unstoppable, which she's going to be talking to us about today. So Kumba, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, I'm happy to be here. Oh, and thank you for being understanding that we're in slightly different circumstances today and down the line versus in person. Um, but how has your lockdown experience been the past few months? To be honest, I feel like it's just been a bit crazy. Um, like I, I, I feel like I've been very lucky in lockdown just because my business is obviously all online. So nothing really has changed for me because I've worked from home for the last few years. It's quite it's the norm for me really um and I just feel like I've I've really used like lockdown as an opportunity to use my extra time to focus on self-development like I'm such a huge advocate of goal setting I just feel like goals give you direction which everyone needs um because if you have your goals and you link them to your future then it gives you a purpose and having a purpose then gives you a very good reason to succeed and propel yourself forward so like actually in this lockdown it's given me a lot of time to just sit down and write out my goals and wonder what do I want to achieve with my life and kind of take action on it Um, do you know what I was just about to ask you when you're setting your goals is that what you do do you write them down or is there another way that you kind of monitor them and track them I just write them down and just kind of yeah. visit them daily, really. I feel like it's a lot of my goals have really been evolved around kind of growth, like both personally and professionally. Um, so I feel like I've, I have achieved quite a lot of the goals that I set at the beginning of lockdown. It kind of was what got me through lockdown, just having all these goals and something to kind of work towards. Yeah. For example, like I've always wanted to share my story with people, but I've also also been really like scared of doing that. And I feel like lockdown, an opportunity came up for me to be able to do that. And that's why I then became a contributing offer for She Is Unstoppable, which gave me the platform for me to actually share my story and actually gave me the time to write my story yeah. and go through everything. Um, so that's been amazing. And with other goals, like I've been focusing on like prioritizing my health as well. So it's something that for years and years I've been saying, okay, I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm going to go vegan. I'm going to go vegetarian. And I've never followed through just because life has came up and I've just been focusing on other things, going out with friends, like for dinners and stuff. So I feel like in this lockdown, it gave me time to just sit at home and cook and actually learn. Like I felt like I had to learn how to cook again, like being vegan. Um, so it's, it's, that was a massive achievement as well for me, like just in the lockdown period. Um, and as I mentioned before, like obviously I run Wholehearted Social, which is a online business. So it's digital marketing agency. So things there have just been booming because it is all online. And I've just feel like I've been constantly busy with that and kind of just growing professionally in that way as well with the, all the new surge of clients and um, so yeah I've been really keeping busy to be honest and I'm very lucky to say that I've been able to be in that position as well. And do you know what I think is nice Cumber about everything you've just said is it seems like 
in the process of setting the goals, you also have that period of reflection. Um, another lovely lady I was talking to on this podcast just this week actually is a lady called Natalie. And she said a lot of similar things to you in that she loves setting goals, but she thinks that as a society, we are always kind of going 100 miles an hour. And do we actually stop and reflect when we do achieve a goal and, you know, congratulate ourselves and take the moment to go, God, that was great. I'm really glad I did that. Um, so that's a lovely thing. For example, when you were saying there about, you know, perhaps learning to cook a whole new way from going vegan, what a brilliant thing to reflect back on and think. Yeah. You've learned that whole new skill. Do you know what, Rose? Like, I love trying treating myself so see when I actually achieve a goal I have like this Pinterest board that I have and it's like kind of like my wish list of like semi-expensive stuff that I want and it's kind of like a wish list and something (laughs) I wouldn't normally buy but when I achieve a goal I go into that Pinterest board and I'm like I'm going to treat myself to that (laughs) and it's like just my little way of like rewarding myself for like all the hard work as well so it is important like you said to celebrate and reflect and look at everything um, and I do do that. I love doing that because I was even looking at my 2019 goals. And it, it's just really empowering when you see, oh, I've actually achieved that. I've came so far. You can see the journey. Even if you're, it kind of gives you a bird's eye view of things. Because even if you're in the moment now, you feel that like you're getting nowhere. But when you actually look from maybe 2018 to 2020, how much you've achieved. And then it actually brings you back to reality and be like, oh, I've actually done a lot. <laughs> do you know what I absolutely love that in particular the Pinterest board um <laughs> because first of all not only as you said at the beginning does that give you a goal of like come on you're going to treat yourself to something special once you've ticked it off the list but also I'm a big believer and this is why I love having these chats I love knowing the practical measures of how people do things. Like you see so many people online, for example, that say, you know, stay motivated, stay positive, all the rest of it. And I always think, but how, how are you doing that? And something as simple as you saying about that Pinterest board, I love Pinterest and I that's what I kind of lose myself on maybe before bed. I'll brainstorm what I want my future house to look like or places I want to go to travel. I've never thought to do that with a reward system and you know what I'm gonna do it you should definitely do it It makes such a difference (laughs) you'll notice all of your goals getting ticked (laughs) yeah absolutely if there's an incentive I love it um but so to kind of come back to the whole purpose of this um podcast is to really delve into a person's confidence and I'd love to start at the top with you Cumber would you describe yourself as a confident person I would say I am generally pretty confident as I understand kind of the importance of a healthy self-esteem and the ripple effect that it can have in your life. So that's why I really focus on self-development and I work on building my confidence daily because it's not something that you just have all the time. It's something that you work on. Um, And I think one way that I work on it personally is pushing myself out of my comfort zone. So even doing a podcast podcast like this something that I've actually never done before it's outside of my day-to-day but it's me pushing myself out of my comfort zone so I know next time I'd feel more confident doing something um but of course like I have my moments like everyone else um I do have my little moments of like doubt and worry and panic but at the end of the day it's fine like I just don't beat myself up about it when I have a bad day Definitely. And do you know what? I think that's so true in terms of comfort zones and confidence. Um, 
For one of the things actually I was going to ask you about at the moment for me, I'm wondering whether to move to a completely different city. And last night I was thinking I'd actually really love to do it, but the thought of it frightens me a bit. And then I remembered this quote that if your dreams aren't bit no, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Um, and I mean, you're originally from Glasgow and you made the move to London. So what was that process like for, for you? And did that, how did that impact your confidence? That is a really good question because I had a really rocky experience with moving from Glasgow to London. So the reason that I originally moved is because I actually broke up with my ex-fiance, who I was with for like 10 years. Um, mm. So to break up from a relationship and go straight into a new city where yeah. I didn't really have my usual support network or friends or family, for me, like looking back, it was a bit silly to do that because I should have maybe waited until I healed and then moved. But I'm quite impulsive, so I was just like, I'm going to London. Like I've <laughs> wanted to do it for years. I'm going to do it now. But looking yeah. back in hindsight, I think if you're going to make a big move like that, like you definitely make sure need to make sure that you're in the right mental headspace as well, just to make sure that you're okay being on your own in a new city because it is a massive life change. Um, but for me. Like moving to London, I didn't know anyone in London, so it was it was just a bit lonely in that sense. Um, mm. But I've managed to like it's been a lovely community with like bloggers and things like that. So I've managed to meet loads of people now. Um, but at the beginning, I did spend a lot of a lot of the time on my own. So I just spent a lot of time journaling and spending time with myself, which I think I needed coming out of yeah. like a long term relationship just to kind of find who I was without that person in my life. Um, and I kind of realized that I did enjoy my own company, which was a good thing, I suppose. Um, but I did a lot of self, self kind of discovery. I did a lot of traveling. Um, and as well, I just think it's so empowering. Like I did a lot of, um, solo travel, traveling. So yeah. I went to so many countries on my own and just kind of experienced life, like on my own. And it just, it teaches us so much about yourself. Like I'd highly recommend for anyone that's kind of unsure of their future, unsure, of who they are, what they want to be, like just to spend that time on your own and just ask yourself the questions because it can only come from you. Yeah. And I think that especially at this point in time when we're all in a bit of a limbo with everything that's happened over the last few months and, you know, I think we're all wondering, is the winter going to bring on another lockdown or there's so many questions. Um, I think we're all starting to ask those questions now and you're so right, Cumber. It, it's one of those things that you can only answer for yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Luckily, it all kind of came around for you and you ended up loving it and, you know, you're enjoying the time there now. And I know day to day you work in social media, um, but it's quite interesting because, you know, you work in social media, but you also share your own content in social media. So what is your relationship like with social Mm. media on the whole? That's a really interesting question because I feel like, I'm not just like a content creator, but I'm also a digital marketer. So marketing is what I studied at university and it's been my career now for the last five years, not including all the years I was building up the foundations of my personal brand, Kumba XO. So I feel like I have a really unique perspective of social media as on one hand I view it as like this incredibly powerful marketing tool for building businesses. Um, For example, like we launched one of our clients' products online, like solely online, just last month and made like a quarter of a million dollars in revenue so I understand from a marketing perspective what social media can do but yeah, on the other hand incredible, yeah, isn't it? it's crazy like the potential of it 
But like on the other hand, like I'm involved with the sensor community that's embedded in social media as well. Yeah. Because I am yeah. a blogger and I am involved in that community. So I understand how also it can act as like a double edged sword. For example, it can be the place that you can turn to for the support and the empowerment. But on the other hand, I know it can trigger so many pain points for people as it naturally makes you play that kind of comparison game where you're looking at the highlights of people's lives and comparing their best parts to your life overall, yeah. which isn't necessarily the best thing. And it can take a toll generally on people's mental health. So I feel like there's so many, it's like so many different facets to social media. Like you could dive into it and just talk about it. For, I could personally talk about it for hours. <laughs> I could. And I think it's so true. Like comparison in particular is the key word that sticks out for me there because I think there are so many comparison quotes that resonate with me like one of them that I always think is comparison is the thief of joy which it really is and then there's another one that always seems to do the rounds about like don't compare your um bad day with another person's highlight reel or Mm -hmm. something um but it's so true and I think from platform to platform, you know, you have the platforms where you're comparing yourself to, you know, all of these celebrities that you might be following. You have the platforms where it's just everyone you went to school with and half of them have a house and kids and you're here thinking, you know, I'm not even wearing matching socks today, (laughs) if you're me. (laughs) Um, But like when, as someone that's immersed in it in those two different ways, so you've got your... um, your kind of way of managing your clients, you're managing your own thing. How do you set healthy boundaries with social media and your real life? Yeah, I'm such, I love setting boundaries with things. Me I feel like too. You just have to in this online world, like you need to have boundaries. Like yeah. for example, when everyone was moving to work, like all my friends were working from home and they were like, how, could, how do you do this? And I was just like, you need to have like your own space at home so you can switch off. Like don't work from your bedroom don't work yeah. from like your living room because that's your kind of time to switch off like if you work from there then you could never really your brain won't recognize that it's time to switch off definitely um, so there's so many little things like a few that I'd recommend are definitely turn off your notifications for social media I mm. found out this was like a massive trigger for me um, and it eased my anxiety a lot because I, re- I like I get a lot of I get a basic, a constant stream of notifications because I'm logged into so many different accounts at yeah. one time. So yeah. I needed to turn those off because I just couldn't deal with the constant pinging <laughs> on yeah. my phone. Um, so that was like a big thing for me. Um, another thing that I'd recommend is to unfollow anyone that triggers anxiety for you or makes you feel bad about yourself. Because um, I think people are a bit reluctant to unfollow people. But if someone is actually making you feel bad about yourself, then you shouldn't have to scroll past the pictures every single day because it's just going Definitely. to constantly do that to you. Um, I completely agree. Yeah. There's and for some people, it's not... Like, I know I've done that with famous people that I don't know. Um, you know, I've got no personal relationship with them. And I might just look at them and think gosh you know you're so much prettier than me or you're like again it's that comparison thing and they haven't done anything wrong it's not their fault that they're pretty but I know that it makes me think in some way badly about myself and I need to switch that off and that's okay and I think 
there's so many reasons. I see this a lot actually on Twitter. People will say, oh gosh, I've just noticed someone and followed me and I thought we were friends and blah, blah, blah. And I'll think, but you've got no idea why they've done that because it can actually be for a really harmless reason. You know, maybe they were in your life. I, for example, I know that I didn't keep in touch with an awful lot of people from uni but I split up with someone very important to me at that time and a lot of people from that time in my life remind me of that split and it's nothing personal on them but I just needed to separate myself from thinking about that situation yeah yeah definitely if it's anything that's making you feel like you're inadequate or not good enough like you just shouldn't be following that person and you shouldn't feel bad about it either because you're doing to protect your own mental health and your own space like that's the beauty about social media like everyone has that little corner of the internet for example if you go on your feed rose and then you go on my feed it'll be completely different because we have different interests we have different hobbies we have different things that we care about Um, and that's the beauty about about it because you can unfollow people and you can create like the kind of feed that you want to see. So like, yeah. for example, the people that you like will come up constantly for you. So if you're like it, like if you look on my Instagram, it's all very empowerment. So it's a lot of body positivity. It's a lot of empowerment quotes. It's a lot of inspirational quotes. It's a lot of spiritual content. And that's the stuff that I like. So when I go on yeah. Instagram, I'll feel empowered. Um, and yeah. that's just something to just recognize. And um, when you are scrolling, like, are you feeling rubbish after being on Instagram or are you feeling empowered um yeah I'd also highly recommend if anyone is struggling just with creating boundaries to read the book um how to break up with your phone by Catherine Price it's like that was a game changer for me and just like it really altered my view and how I looked at social media and what media. is that about so it is it's basically how it's all about kind of social media as a marketing platform and right. how um like these kind of companies want as much user and um, they want as much usage usage <laughs> usage as possible and um, so it kind of goes into the ins and outs of how it all works and it does give you really good tips on how to break up with your phone <laughs> and how to set healthy boundaries as well definitely and I know that one of the things you and I have discussed before is you have like a curfew don't you that after a certain point you're not going near the social media and I think that's a really good one I do need that yeah I do need that but you can set up on your phone like certain like um time limits so if you I've spend, got those yeah, yeah the only issue with that because I run a digital marketing agency I can't actually block off social media <laughs> but I do like switch off at 8 p.m I'm like okay I'm not going to look unless it's an absolute emergency <laughs> No, it's so true. Like actually a lot of the things that you've said there, I'm the same. Like for my emails, for example, I mean, I don't have notifications for any social media or my emails, but I've set a... um, there's something that you can put on your emails where if you add someone to your favorites, they will come through as a push notification and everything else can just wait until it's time to be picked up. And I think that... I'm also a big believer that those boundaries help you to recharge so that let's say, for example, by the time the next morning comes along, you're so much better rested than if you'd been driving yourself mad with those emails until later in the evening. 
that yeah. you're actually better equipped to absolutely nail the day the next morning. Yeah. You'll be so much more productive if you just take a second and rest. Like that's yeah. another thing. Like it's okay to take a break because I know a lot of um, content creators avoid doing that because the algorithms reduce your reach when you're inactive. But there's so many like scheduling softwares out there like that you can use for free and you can create content and schedule them in bulk in advance yeah. as well. So you can take time off and your Instagram page will still be active but you can actually just not be on it for a good week to just give yourself that kind of break. Now, I feel like I know what you're going to say to this because a lot of your thoughts on social media seem very similar to mine, actually, Cumber. But do you think social media is representative in real life um, of real life? It's, there's there's two different like this is the thing about social media there's two different types of people who use social media you've got the people who consume content and use it solely for personal use and then you've got the people who use it as a business yeah um, so from my perspective like social media is a marketing tool because it allows people to market themselves and obviously they're going to market themselves in the best possible light of course <laughs> so in my opinion, it's not representative if people are using it solely for business because they're not going to put something that will damage their brand or hurt no. their reputation. Um, but it's in my mind, it's just like saying basically a supermodel on a front cover of a magazine is representative of real life because it's not. <laughs> no, um, you're right. But you do have people that just use Instagram for fun as well and they use it for personal use, which is a bit different. So that's more like real life content. And they don't have really a real agenda for posting online other than to update their friends and family. So I think yeah. there are two different types of people who use social media and the kind of agendas behind why they use social media. Definitely. And I think that whichever way you look at it, it's always going to be great to have those boundaries in place so that it's something that you can enjoy without feeling too consumed by yeah um but one of the things I suppose how we met and one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about today is makeup so um I suppose it was probably this time last year was it Cumber that we were away on a makeup trip together oh my god um, yes. I know <laughs> I, I was just thinking about that earlier on thinking was it a year ago or two years ago I feel like 2020 feels like it's gone on for about five years <laughs> so it's hard to keep track of what was when yeah but um, what is your relationship like with makeup? Do you think that makeup can impact your confidence? Yeah, 100%. Like, a lot of people find this surprising about me, but, like, makeup over the years has been such a massive confidence booster for me. I think because I've always suffered from, um, like, bad acne. Um, since maybe I've been about 14, I've always had it. It was only recently, really, when I cut dairy, because remember I said I went vegan, so I cut dairy yes. from my diet, and yeah. I noticed I don't get the cystic acne anymore. So I think I had some sort of intolerance to dairy there. Um, so that's what's really cleared my skin up a lot. But I've still got wow. a lot of hyperpigmentation, which I am a little bit self-conscious about. Um, so in lockdown, I actually didn't bother putting on makeup. And I feel like that's done the best thing for me ever because it's like I now look at the reflection in the mirror and I see myself barefaced and I'm used to that reflection. Whereas before I was wearing makeup every day and I was used to the, ref the reflection of me, what I look like with makeup on. So I think yeah. it was a really interesting time being in lockdown because I've kind of got used to not wearing makeup and kind of I've kind of not I'm not so dependent on it now that I know like 
that I feel confident just being barefaced, even if I do have hyperpigmentation or yeah. if my skin has broke out, like I, I feel much more confident. Do you know what? It's such a good point and I haven't even thought of it until you said that there, but one of the things I found in lockdown was I always have makeup on because I tend to be doing a makeup video or something or the other, but I actually love not having a scrap on. Um, but because there were more opportunities to be makeup free for the day, I feel like now when I get my makeup on for something, I really feel glamorous. Mm -hmm. Whereas before I was so used to just having it on, it doesn't feel special anymore. Now it feels like a really special treat to get my makeup on. And then it's that I think is the real joy of makeup. It's there to be enjoyed and to be a bit of fun. And I think for a lot of people, lockdown have brought that back for them a hundred percent like I feel like now when I do my makeup on I'm actually making an effort and it's like oh I'm actually getting dressed up (laughs) it's not just my everyday routine (laughs) it's nice it's a nice feeling though I really like it it really is and it can be very um transformative to your headspace yeah and I think it's giving yourself your skin a little breather as well like like because I have acne and things that it had helped my skin as well just kind of yeah clear out because I wasn't packing on makeup all the time yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, that's there's all these things that have happened during lockdown that I think, in particular, discussing confidence with someone, I think of all the times we could be discussing confidence, it's been a really transformative time for everyone. And so it's a real sensitive point in anyone's confidence journey um but I think for you in particular Cumber I know that you contributed to that book recently um and it's been a really lovely charitable initiative with so many great things that have come from it so could you tell me a little bit about that experience and what that's been like for you yeah amazing like it was it's it's just been quite a like crazy experience because I've not ever written a book before and writing in that way isn't really what I'm used to. So I'm, re- I'm used to writing content online, which is yeah. very different to writing a physical book. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's also when it's an autobiography, like I'm naturally quite a private person, even though yeah. I'm on social media, like I do keep certain elements of my life private. I'm and, the same. And I'm, yeah. And in this book, it's just like, I'm telling, I'm just sharing everything that I've been through. And for a lot of people, like it's came as a shock to them because they've never ever think, that I've been through so many different things and managed to keep this positive outlook on life. Um, but yeah, like I felt like I just, I just felt like it had to be done. Like I felt like I had to share my story. Um, just if I could help that one person that someone somewhere like read my story and felt that it transformed their life in a little tiny way, then for me, that would have been worth it. Um, but was it cathartic writing the story? Yeah, it was, it was really, it felt like therapy because <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I had to go back. It was really intense because I had to go back to like memories of me, even like the most traumatic experiences of my life and kind of relive them to be able to capture that on paper. So yeah. I remember like when I wrote the first draft, like I just went to a hotel just so I had peace and quiet and just wrote everything out on paper. And I was just crying for like hours and hours because it was just so tough going back to those places. Um mm. But I knew at the back of my head that how many people that it could help by knowing that I've came through the other side as well. So I knew that I had to get my message out there, basically. (laughs) And it's so true. I think that there's 
often a misconception in my opinion because I'm very fascinated by I love self-help books I love hearing about people's journeys I love reading these things and you know trying to bring them into my own journey um but I think there's often a misconception that someone that is positive or someone that is always happy or always sees the bright side that it's you know this namby-pamby quality but actually in my experience most people that behave in that way have taught themselves to do that because they've overcome some kind of adversity and actually that takes so much more strength to choose to continue to be positive than it does to just admit the defeat of your woes yeah 100% and in this um, book she is unstoppable is a story of 12 women so it's my story along with 11 other women who have overcome adversity Mm. So it's really empowering in that sense because they're all very successful women, but they have went through a crazy amount of stuff that they've overcome and managed to make a success of their life as well. Um, So for me, like it was just such an amazing thing to get involved with. Now, one of the things I know that you share in the book is overcoming your recent cancer scare. I mean, I can't even imagine what impact that must have had on you and your confidence. You know, what was that journey like? Yeah, that was definitely, I had a little blip in my confidence. It took me a long time to really get used to having a new scar in my body, especially one, mm. especially because I take a lot of pictures, like just for like my, my job. Um, So when I was working on photo shoots, like people would often ask me, oh, what happened to your back? Or like sometimes like brands would even tell me to wear makeup to hide my scars because I have Mm. have more than one scar. Like I have one across my back. I've got a scar in my hand. I've got a scar underneath my nose. Like I have a lot of scars and like I'm not really afraid to hide them. Um, But when brands obviously see them and then they tell me to hide my scars or they'll direct me to move in different angles to avoid showing my scar on camera like it really affected my confidence just because it was just I was being told that it's not it's not acceptable basically and for their image um but I just feel like that's like the one thing I don't like about the beauty industry because it does really favor perfectionism um and I just don't agree with that I just think authenticity and being yourself is where the real beauty lies and it's what makes people unique um and in my opinion that should be at the forefront of any campaign really definitely and like I saw a picture that you'd put up the other day actually and it was so striking. Your back was, you've got your head to the front, but it's the back of you is essentially the front of the photo, if that makes sense. Yeah. And yes, you can see your scar, but that's just not the focus of the photo. It's just part of a whole lovely picture. And I think there's this trend at the moment that I always see online and it's like, normalize this, normalize that. There's all of these petitions for things to be normalized. And I completely agree that it's those scars or those moles or whatever it is that you know we're used to not seeing in all of the images that we're bombarded with they're the things that need to be normalized because they're actually very normal and it's weird that we don't see them yeah I think it is strange that we don't see them because there's so many people that have skin conditions there's so many people with scars there's so many people with disability but we don't see that they're not represented and magazines are not represented in brand campaigns so I would just really love to see that and I feel like we are getting better at it but I think there's still a lot needs to change, really. Do you know what? That is another conversation topic that 
I've had with a number of friends recently and we also funnily enough um the conversation I had with Natalie the other day we touched on this as well but what do you think one of the things I asked her was I think there's so many things that do need to change and you know brands have a lot to be accountable for big businesses have a lot to be accountable for but just as individuals as someone listening to our conversation today what advice would you give to someone that wants to make small changes um that will help us to create that more positive landscape I think it's for brands, I think they should just be conscious of how they use their words when they're speaking with models or they're speaking yeah. with influencers. Because one little word that day can shatter someone's confidence for a year and it could take them way back um, in terms of their self-esteem. Um, for example, like I've worked with a lot of brands and I've handed in like images for them to review and then they've said words like, you look too exotic in this. Or they've used words like, can you straighten your hair? Or can you do this differently? And it's just like, things like that's not acceptable. Like, no. they need to be accountable for the words that they use and the words that they use with um, models or influencers. Generally, yeah. I think that's the first thing, just having that that conscious, that conscious, like, basically, with the words that they're using. Yeah. Um, and as well, just, I feel like there should be some kind of, there should be some kind of, governing body yeah I'm thinking like like a law like not governing body more so like it should be integrated into their overall brand culture of representing people who are underrepresented yeah um so it should be like they have a set goal of like like 20 percent of the time like it'll be someone of color or 20 percent of the time it'll be someone who has a disability that will be at the front and will be exposed and actually have that exposure um yeah. from their brand uh, there's there's so many things they could could do, but I feel like just implementing like changes like that would really move things forward. Definitely, and to your point, the wrong use of language can have such a negative impact, perhaps on confidence. But doing things in the right way can really encourage someone to feel the most confident. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a statement in the It Cosmetics mission statement and it says, it's my favourite one, it says that what we're setting out to do is to make someone feel confident, whether it's for the first time or the first time in a long time. And I think for lots of people, it's the first time in a long time. Maybe they had a point where they felt great and maybe the the magic has gone for whatever reason at the moment and they just wish for it to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to feel their most confident I think like the best advice I'd give to anyone is to just speak life into yourself daily don't rely on others to make you feel good like don't rely on Instagram for that that validation that you're enough like be the one to praise yourself and limit that negative critical self-talk because that's the thing that will literally kill your self-esteem even if you are doing it subconsciously like just don't put yourself down use really empowering words to speak about yourself in um, and just speak life into yourself. That's a brilliant one, Kumba. I love it. Um, well, Kumba, you've said so many 
amazing things. In particular, I feel like everyone's curiosity is going to be piqued about the book. Um, but always like, I love anything to do with boundaries. I loved all of the things you said about setting healthy boundaries. There are just so many great touch points there. Um, for anyone that wants to reach out to you and connect or learn a bit more about you, can you tell us where we can find you? Yep, of course. So you can find me on Instagram at KimberXO. And then my digital marketing business, you can find at wholeheartedsocial.com. And you can also buy a copy of She Is Unstoppable on Amazon too. And all the profits go to charity. Oh, brilliant. Well, Kumba, thank you so much for joining me. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find us on social media at It Cosmetics on Facebook, It Cosmetics UKI on Instagram, and discover more interviews like this at itcosmetics.co.uk. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon.